0: podcast and nathan doesn't like me sounding like this anymore so uh <laughs> welcome to the dubious consumers podcast for the week of uh february 11th the month of february uh april
1: we, yeah we're we're still recording in april february. june june so june. I, this is june happy birthday to me i think uh we might be in october already okay but, okay uh, it, it is it is february as we record this so. hari krishna Hare Lam- okay okay <laughs> Uh, uh so uh h- h- how's february treating you so far Justin?
0: i mean it's a real dick punch but <laughs> real <laughs> dick punch yeah uh, other than a lot of the bill stuff going on and just words um uh, for videos i've actually released more videos now than i've done in three or four months that are actually my videos sort of thing
1: yeah he, he he's been punching his own dick <laughs> <laughs> on top of other other things punching him in the dick
0: so um yeah got the hellraiser judgment trailer reaction out and after three like marathon sessions and multiple renderings got the
1: hellraiser
0: first viewing out and uh,
1: uh, so i i just want to talk about something real quick before you go on so this movie includes some nudity because it's a hellraiser film yes indeed apparently he had forgotten to blur some of it out one of the renderings and he just sent me a thing of like, <laughs> uh, so you know i got like the video footage and there was some incidental nudity and i was like <laughs> incidental nudity what were you doing <laughs>
0: What makes it even better is that I then fell asleep after I sent him this. Yeah. And so, like, two hours had passed, and I I finally said, I'm like, oh, it's a joke. I just forgot to render out the new, Or, you know, blow out the news. Like, oh, I was worried we were going to have a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, I just watched it at a full get a <laughs> ball gag. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, assless
0: chaps, you yeah. know, that all that whole thing. <laughs> That's not going to be a problem, is it? Yeah. I, I kept
1: making, I, I was like, I don't know if that, uh, I think that's going to get you not monetized real quick.
0: You know, I'm not too worried about it considering we're just going to be demonetized on the 20th anyway, yeah, so. Yeah,
1: I'm not real excited about that. But uh, hey, yeah. but you, I said that there were six new followers or subscribers we or...
0: finally pu- pushed over the edge of 600 it was like i was losing two subscribers and gaining subscribers all at the same time and yeah pissing people off and getting people to add me so and
1: then i pissed people off with the <sighs> yeah release of the first episode
0: yeah it's not not a big deal it's one of those it, it happens with every video just people kind of go oh i'm not really not interested in this it's one of those things you probably don't
1: really notice once you get into the hundreds of thousands as much.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't affect your numbers nearly as much. And then all you have to do is have a really big scandal and then go on an apology tour. so And
1: get millions of followers in weeks. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That thing. Call people out. Do that whole thing. But
1: you, The YouTube drama, I do believe, is what they call that, right? Yes, sir. I am uh, so far away from the YouTube drama. It's ridiculous. Nah,
0: the only reason I know any of it is because of Philly D.
1: Uh, I, 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 I think if I do watch Philly D, that's probably the only way I know some of it.
0: Yeah, he's got he's a lot better these days about actually like, you know, reporting real news and then a little bit you know a sidestep of the drama, just like, hey, this is this is kind of what's going on now,
1: where a lot of people are really angry about this, so I have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is this is by far the most requested story of the day. Logan Paul is back in the news. <laughs> Woo! Who cares? This, well, <laughs> this latest one is because uh, YouTube apparently sent a thing out to all of his followers saying, Logan Paul is back! But it just wasn't to only his followers. It was to, I guess, anybody who had tagged Logan Paul or watched anything with a Logan Paul tag ever. And so it sent it out. That just to, feels like a facepalm. Yeah, it sent it out to everybody, hey, Logan Paul's back, like, uh, guys, I'm having enough trouble, to, you know, keeping away from Logan Paul as it is, and yet you send out a mass message to everybody on your service to watch this guy? Yeah. And they kind of said, oh, whoops, sorry, it was just supposed to go to Logan Paul followers, we fixed it. Like, oh, God. But hey, you know, if YouTube would just say, hey, follow us. Woo. Woo. <laughs> So uh, Nathan,
1: uh, what have you been working on this week? Uh, so I've continued to work on my top ten video. Okay. I've, uh, I've I've actually filmed some stuff and rewritten stuff and Ooh. still rewriting stuff and but I'm actually recording. So you know there's that moving into the process of also what we were kind of talking about where I started writing a rant about using the term comic book movies.
0: Which we kind of featured on our
1: last podcast. Right. Uh, I have uh, been expanding and rewriting that to also probably turn that into a video. Um, so there might be two videos by the end of February. Who knows? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's more content than I've ever produced. Well, hey,
0: as long as you got bitten by the bug. <laughs>
1: oh, the bug. Yeah. Ooh, the ooh the bug.
0: Yeah, and I'm still working on that Clive Barker video where um, I finally started like actually putting video to it and I redid some of the titles to get it more in line with the Hellraiser Judgment videos. So, kind of doing some different weird stuff. Figuring out how to do Mosaic and kind of mess around with that. So,
1: Well, yeah. and then we also had a discussion about uh, from your seeing the reaction to Hellraiser Judgment that you were having a lot of... <sighs> thinking a lot more about like what does an audience really expect from the hellraiser franchise at this point
0: yeah the the main thing i'm seeing a lot of which is and i'm probably going to spin this out to a video even though i do talk about it quite a bit in my videos that i currently have before hellraiser judgment even came out is like what do you actually expect from a hellraiser movie at this point because there's been 10 films now only uh, s- uh, six of them were actually written to be Hellraiser scripts.
1: <laughs> that's, per- that's not a good percentage.
0: Two of them are could be argued are great, which would be number one and two. And for me,
1: I'm given a generous three of them to be good. I uh, since I have only seen the first two all the way through, I and those are the ones that are usually considered the ones that are good. Well, I, I would say, I would probably, you know, maybe I'll
0: expand it out to four because Hellraiser 3, um, which would be the last one, you know, Bloodlines was the last one that was actually made to be a Hellraiser thing. It was awful. But 3 was at least decent effects. They were trying something weird with it. um, Or at least kind of expanding the mythos so it just wasn't Kirsty. And then... um, What? There are other people who've had the box? <laughs> and so then going to, I would say... Personally, I really like Inferno and Hellseeker, which are the two Silent Hill-esque where people are trapped. They're in hell the whole time. <laughs> um, They're
1: in hell the whole time.
0: And then you have Judgment, which, slight spoiler, but it's, for once, they weren't in hell the whole time.
1: Hey, I don't know if that's really spoiler as much as... Uh...
0: You're like, thank fucking
1: God, it's about fucking time. Yeah.
0: I mean, as much as I like seeing what the hell personal hells are for each person, hey, at least you couldn't call that just straight out. Yeah. But anyway, um, I've just seen a lot of people who are either thought it was interesting, really enjoyed the writing, da 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 but were disappointed in the ending, to people who just straight out hated it and was disappointed with it, and that's those are the people that I'm just like, okay, cool. What do you expect from Hellraiser at this point? Because... They haven't been good since the second one.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing is like, what do you do now that you're 10 films in? Unless you just throw away all the bad ones and maybe even one or two of the mildly good ones. And then just uh, totally focus on the Cenobites instead of the human characters somehow. I think that that's the only way you're going to satisfy a lot of people. Right, but then you
0: also run into the thing that the Cenobites have always been more of a deus ex machina that interrupts a normal story. Like, even the first Hellraiser, they did not expect the Cenobites or Pinhead to be, they were complementary characters. They were the weird supernatural force that interrupts the admittedly supernatural family drama
1: well and it's more about the box and it's more about what the box does to
0: the, yeah the, the different
1: like specifically frank like who does frank become because he's been inside
0: right whereas you have this the second movie is more about all the iterations of the boxes and expanding the universe and showing us leviathan and
1: showing and, us hell which i would say like I like the first movie, a lot, especially because man, those effects still look good. Oh yeah, but uh, that last act of the the third act of two is definitely some of my favorite stuff because it just it's so surreal and yet so terrifying in just like what it is and what are your, what you're getting out of it.
0: Well, one of the, the favorite little things that I one of my buddies brought up to me is that Leviathan, the sound he's making, is just constantly pulsing out the word God in Morse code. <laughs> that's, a so that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a lot like, hey, cool, wait, cool, you just have this giant behemoth in the middle of this um, labyrinth just yelling at you that it's God. Like... <laughs> For, you, all, for, for all, for all eternity. eternity.
1: <laughs> that actually sounds like God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounds like what God would do. Totally. Yeah. It's totally a God thing. Not even joking. So I am trying to get the first part of my
0: Clive Barker video out um, of the two part original front back in October. Get that out. Um, hopefully by next week, we'll see how it goes. Um, that's a lot, to, a lot of work to do, and. Just a few days. You're you're
1: you're you cramming at this point.
0: I am, but I'm having more fun and kind of doing some the things I've learned by working on the Hellraiser video. I'm, on, you know, every video you learn more. Yeah. So uh, Nathan, what's uh what's a recommendation? What have you what would you recommend this week?
1: Um, uh, I'm actually going to recommend a book. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, I read John Ronson's "The Men That Stare at Goats." <laughs> Uh, I've become a, over the last, I would say two or three years, I've become much more and more and more of a fan of John Ronson's. I, I, uh, and I read the psychopath test and I read the little, uh, short, uh, thing he did on, uh, Trump and Alex Jones and like, because John Ronson had done, Back when Alex Jones was just a small little tiny uh basically non celebrity, but just like a little radio host guy. They he was a part of that famous uh going to the the owl, the moloch god thing and the all the rich people burning the in the hoods, burning the uh effigy or whatever it was that you know, really fueled a lot of Alex Jones's early conspiracy theories and Yay. But uh before Alex Jones became the crazy person that he is today, um, this was back in the nineties. But uh The Men Who Stare Goats is from two thousand four. It was made later into a adapted later into a movie starring George Clooney. Which was
0: um Interesting if misguided.
1: I, I haven't, I really don't remember anything about the movie other than the terrible mustache that George Clooney had in it. Right, right. Uh, and I love the trailer for it because it's just so stupid. But the thing that's interesting is reading the book, it is absolutely fascinating. Oh, really? Oh, God. It's, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, this is not just a straightforward narrative. The most the most interesting fact is that, like, he covers many decades and especially goes into just, like, how the after effects of this whole concept that Jim Channon, this guy who, after Vietnam, survives Vietnam, comes back, goes into, like, what we would call, like, the self-help slash kind of meditation cult movement of the 80s and 90s or the right. 70s and 80s uh john Rosen refers to as the human potential movement over and over again Ooh. <laughs> but um, it's one of those things where like this guy comes back from goes to all of these gurus all of these cult leaders all of these pseudo psychics all of these things and he comes up with this text called uh that is the first earth battalion Okay, This whole concept of instead of approaching everything with war and violence, but to go with love and to go with using a power of the mind and trying to walk through walls and levitate things and by expanding our minds and doing things with love, we can grow. Well, apparently, initially, the generals, after everything that happened in Vietnam, were like, fuck it we'll give anything a try at this point because that was such a fucking disaster right right yeah uh well and this all ties into like deeper into the beginnings of some of the conspiracy theories stuff from the 90s and stuff
0: well they're making our frogs the frogs gay
1: oh yeah it doesn't get to that (laughs) because the book's from 2004 so that's well before Alex Jones's frogs are gay uh But uh, one of the most interesting parts of it is how it ends up. A guy who was a part of these uh, of the one of the psychic units, after he leaves, he basically exposes the whole thing. Okay, just so he can profit off of it. Oh,
0: uh, you know, as you do.
1: Yeah. And he ends up on a a uh, what used to be a popular radio show. I don't know so much of it is now because Alex Jones has probably t- stolen all of his audience.
0: But Art Bell, uh, yes, the Art Bell audience.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the funny thing about this is all of that ties into the 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 alpha yes yeah the the comment that the people from heaven's gate killed themselves oh thought... yeah, yeah I so there's a there's a guy who made a fake photo then all of these quote-unquote remote viewers one guy who's a student of this guy who exposed the whole psychic stuff right uh who's also a remote viewer with all sorts of crazy predictions all the time but this guy comes on and says, oh yeah, that object is a real object, it's a planet-sized object, blah, 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 it's coming to us, blah, blah, blah. So apparently someone in the Heaven's Gate group heard this broadcast, and so this broadcast directly led to them believing that their prophecy was coming true, and them committing ritual suicide.
0: Lovely. Yeah, that's... Uh... Not not part of the down the rabbit hole
1: video about that. Yeah, but. yeah. Cause, but uh, there's there's even but it also because it was it was came out in two thousand four. It ends up tying into the beginnings of the war on terror and Abu Ghraib and right stuff right. like that. And like it's so fascinating to see like the connections between torture and playing Barney for you know on repeat as a form of almost loving torture you know <laughs> trying to extract information or uh still and the fact that like to this day there are still psychic units in the military and all of this stuff um all because this guy from the 70s who after who after vietnam broke him <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I, as it is wont to do. And uh, he never finds explicit truth of anybody actually killing a goat. Uh, he talks to all three people who are said to have been the person that did it. And only one of them says he, he did it. Like, claims he actually did it. But there's no proof. And the only thing that he kind of provides is proof. Doesn't end up making any sense.
0: So, no evidence of a person just running straight through a wall either? No. Like at the there, end of the film?
1: No. Uh, there's a. Specifically, a general named Stubblebine. Who. A great name, by the way. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Who. That's how the book starts, is like him tr- thinking, like, he's gonna try it one more time. And he just runs his head straight through the wall and <laughs> falls off the ground. But apparently, now you got me on a tangent. But (laughs) apparently, that guy was all the stuff with Manuel Noriega, that lay you know all the stuff with the cocaine and the CIA and all that stuff. Apparently, we were repeatedly trying to assassinate Noriega. Okay. And apparently, there were a bunch of unsucc that a part of this first, first Earth Battalion thing. There was a guy who basically became an assassin. Who had no successful? They had no successful assassination attempts. Kinda, not on Noriega, not on Saddam, Saddam Hussein, not on uh, like anybody. Completely unsuccessful. Like the Rajneesh Param, Rajneesh Param thing, where the lady, they tried what fucking nine different times to kill somebody, and not a single time where they successful.
0: <laughs> Ultimately, after all of these botched assassination attempts. The number of people who had died was zero. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things from the down the rabbit hole video
1: there. So, uh, Justin, is there anything that you would recommend?
0: Well, I've already kind of talked about Hellraiser and there's more comment, comment or more stuff coming out. So instead, I kind of want to uh, pivot. Um, i have almost done with the Philip K. Dick Electric Dreams series. Yes, and I
1: to get caught up
0: on this. I, and the b- big thing I would say on there is that a lot of the times, like, most of the episodes are really good. They are, you know, really cinematic. Like, they pull you in every single time, and you kind of have to remember, oh, shit, this is only an hour-long episode. Like, it's... Holy shit. They, they do a really good job of um, providing information. But also, a lot of the effects are very chintzy. They like remind me of a lot of the effects. Remind me of early two thousands sci fi shows like Andromeda or
1: Farscape. What's really funny is you said you said that, and I was scrolling through Prime, and Andromeda (laughs) is now on Prime. so is Earth Final Conflict.
0: Nice. Um, They also did add Battlestar Galactica, which I which
1: I need to actually see because I missed that. The whole uh, time it was out on
0: Yeah, I watched a little bit. I, I passed through the room while my parents were watching it and then a few years ago, um there's this whole thing with how to watch it because they released webisodes that were like a in between that like were placed in between seasons just to kind of show you what was going on with the characters in between which does make sense in the context of what's going on okay um but then there's movies that play in between seasons or between certain episodes like it was this whole thing and so for my first viewing uh watched the entire thing with all the extra webisodes and all the stuff that made it a complete series
1: that that sounds kind of tedious
0: it, it, now it really wasn't it's just it's the for me it's the same thing as like going into an anime series and going okay what's the filler what do i need to skip okay i'm just gonna not watch those because i don't want to waste my time i you know out of 485
1: episodes you want to watch the 300 that count
0: yeah exactly i mean honestly most of them are. it's like hey um 56 of it is filler yay cool
1: that's I'm- 200 episodes i can toss in the trash
0: Yay!
1: When I uh, rewatched a lot of DS9 a couple years ago, yeah, I totally looked up. Someone was like, "I was like, what are all the Dominion episodes?" Because I watched the first season. I was like, "I'm gonna watch the first season." Right. And then after that, it's I'm just watching the Dominion episodes. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I ended up like being like, wait. Woo how did we get here having to like watch another episode because i was like i don't remember how we got here right but thank you uh people who are just who are big enough obsessives to have already made that list for everybody um i'll
0: have to pass you a podcast because they're just i was just listening to it it's called idle weekend but this last one they were talking about all the different um star wars series including deep space nine and voyagers star trek sorry star trek series but um, like Deep Space Nine and talk about Voyager and how problematic Voyager is, and a whole bunch of like, yeah,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Oh, even at the time, uh, I'll have you listen to the episode. Um, like, um, Chakotay being a kind of amalgamation of all the Native American, and the one of the early episodes is literally Janeway going up to seek him for spiritual advice or for advice, and he starts talking about his culture, and she. Her, it if not literally the equivalent of your culture is so fast and is so colorful tell me more about your colorful uh, culture and then starts using him as a spirit guide like
1: uh, um, it, it, other than the clear like well they're casting, but it, but but, but they're they're American man.
0: it's also but it's also that it's written to have every character be the most tone-deaf person uh-huh. like um the I can't remember her name um blana Torres yeah that's right um
1: I don't know why I still remember that
0: but one of the characters is talking to her it's just like oh you know do you have anybody at home that you that cares about you no I don't Oh, not not even your not in, not even family. I don't have family. No, no. Um, not your mother must care about you. My mother disowned me, and we haven't talked for years. Oh, why is that? Like just every cue to go yeah. stop talking to me. They just blithely go through, it. and she, her, even though she has anger issues through the entire series, she does not at any point in that conversation go to rip his head off. You know, it's that sort of thing but it's it's expositional
1: conflict
0: right (laughs) but but it's one of those that they it's just like hey none of these people react normally like i didn't even remember this tom paris being a uh a uh, sex hound
1: and a a, a thief
0: but but But, i remember him as being just the milk the most milk toast person i had seen which he is but he also at one point brings them to the holodeck for basically what uh, equivalent of a sex, a brothel sex dungeon that he's created. That's apparently based <laughs> off his home. <laughs> like there were some weird, there was some weird shit in Voyager. Yeah. Uh,
1: the only thing about Chakotay is like the fact that like, if you've watched, do you remember any DS9? Um, I, I remember I, I, um Cisco's my
0: captain. So ba- I remember. The, the
1: Bajoran people yeah. are, are real into that spirit life. Yeah. Straight up. Like, all that orbs and shit
0: well um appar- apparently Chicote also happens to migrate from being native american to more of a mayan background as the s- seasons go on
1: <laughs> which doesn't make any sense that doesn't line the, up with bajoran at all
0: no 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 but it i could see like <laughs> buddhist
1: slash native american that fits more the kind of like weird bajoran religion but not Mayan. Yeah, That's but
0: a, it was more of a, this. Oh, maybe we shouldn't use the Native American. Maybe testimony. we should be less racist. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so the Philip K. Dick Electric Dreams uh, honestly reminds me more of like the late mid to late nineties Showtime Outer Limits. Okay, just for. Not necessarily for kind of the effects, kind of the way they they factored in there. It's like they're telling a really interesting story,
1: and it's like an anthology series, like it is. Yeah,
0: every episode's complete doesn't link together. Even like Black Mirror is very similar. The big thing with Black Mirror though is that until I think this last season, or until season three, nothing connected. Like it was all just random stuff, and now it's like there's nods to every in every single episode. There's nods to other episodes. But in Electric Dreams, it is a true anthology series. It is a slice of life in this, you know, setting. The one that we had a conversation about, you know, Philip K. Dick and his schizophrenia and his paranoia. Yeah.
1: And his drug abuse. And-
0: yeah, there's there's a very uh, holy shit episode. Holy shit episode. Called Safety First. Okay. Which is about... Um, a society that's been hit by it's from a short story called Foster You're Dead. Okay. And it's about a society Um, that they have these bracelets that track their movement, track everything on them. Our communication devices are used in school. You're, you know, if you Wear them. you can just walk through the line at school because you're safe and you know everything's going on. But if you're not, then you're patted down and treated like a terrorist. And there's tons of terrorist attacks that are always on the news. That that doesn't feel... Not at all. Um, Terrifying right now. The lead character, um, her mother and her are from a um, bubble colony. I think it may even be called the bubble colony, but it's from a separate colony that get a pass to live in the city for a year as an exchange sort of thing. They have all their papers in order, all that good stuff. And she starts going to school and her sister, her mother is a political dissident who is there to kind of call them on their bullshit is very active about it. And the daughter's just trying to survive. Yeah. And so she gets her, gets one of the people to hack her mother's account to give her a thing. Well, they also kind of talk, you know, the mother says something like, oh, yeah, all this all this bullshit would have driven your father crazy. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, I, I mean, Wrong, poor choice of words. Like, you know, and apparently her father suffered from schizophrenia and went crazy and possibly killed himself. And she gets a device.
1: Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Super real.
0: And so she gets a device that... She starts using and has this thing called hair like hair gel, I think it is. It just goes in your ear so you don't have an automatic communication device and she starts she's having trouble with it and gets contacted by customer support and he stays on the phone with her for a few hours teaching her how to do it and then the next day her like stuff starts happening at school and her she's freaking out, and she gets a call from him, "Hey, hey, Foster, you okay? Yeah, I saw your cortisone levels of spiked and starts talking to her and then starts talking about how. This guy that was giving her trouble, he had looked up on it and lock on him, and him and kids from thirteen other schools are all turning off their bracelets at the exact time for forty-five minutes at a time. You have to follow him. Oh shit! And there's something <laughs> going on. Like I'm looking into this, and wow, you, this you is just, you just got to make sure. And then she's sitting on the stairs waiting for him, and she's talking to the the person on there. And then somebody walks past and says, hey, can I help you? Well, I was just talking to export. Well, I only heard you holy shit and then like having her change targets and at one point she doesn't have the bracelet on but a steer here like the voice comes over the intercom and tells her to get out into the sunlight and her going and ends up talking to ants at (laughs) ants on trees and, she's, oh, just, and she's just like, she's fully realizing she's probably going crazy like her dad and is not listening to this person who's saying that she needs to set up a fake terrorist bombing to pull out the real people who are terrorists. Wow. But it's going, I'm fucking talking to ants. And then the voice starts screaming at her to get her shit together because, <laughs> like, I told you, they have micro antennae that I'm able to bounce off and allow you to hear my signal without you having this. This makes fucking sense, Foster. <laughs> like, holy shit, like... <laughs>
1: So this this story is very much describing what it's like to be a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah the, the, the only and because even the whole the whole setup, yeah, is exactly what someone who suffered from paranoid schizophrenia would think was happening
0: right like like the girl like one girl's being super nice to her and gives her a drink of water and she starts drinking the water and then the guy yells in her ear to spit it out because she's possibly been poisoned and that she has to go to the bathroom right now and expel it and you know stuff like that it so much so like this this is a this is a spoiler for the or like a brief spoiler as just a detail is that after she finishes like comes to the ultimate conclusion of what to ultimate act when she looks up in the sky there's lights that spell out thank you foster and you're like what like
1: what just happened what is
0: going like is this a real what's real at all right and it is it is so interesting watching that and just that uncomfortable feeling you get just like This is this is what Philip K. Dick was living through. Yeah, this had to be,
1: and like this is one of the reasons why like he was so destitute, so much of his life is because he couldn't hold down a (laughs) real job. The only thing he could do was write, and he wrote obsessively. Right, and so all of his paranoid, crazy fantasies and ideas are all coming out in his work.
0: And and that's it's so much a recurring theme. The very next episode, which I actually. Had watch like watch over multiple occasions, not because it was bad, because but because itself felt so familiar. After Safety First, yeah, was one where making sure
1: that you're like, am I? did,
0: well, did I already watch this? Or well, no, it's it, I mean, it's it's different enough. It's like Greg and It's about a ten year old boy who's obsessed with baseball with his father, but you see his father goes out at night and these lights start coming down from the sky, and the next day the son sees his father being taken over by. Um, an alien and then his oh. father comes in and starts acting very differently and you know he knows that his father's not his father like once again very much play on the paranoia like yeah. there are several episodes that are very clear analogs to like there's one that is just a modern update of double indemnity but, yeah, and even at one point she says oh yeah um, telling the person hey yeah you need to sign that uh, double indemnity clause <laughs> or, Yeah, you know, like that sort of thing, and I'm like, yeah, I could yeah. tell, I could tell that was the femme fatale. I could tell what was going on. Well, here. and that
1: was the other thing that's in a lot of his work is just that influence of cinema, right? And is there, yeah, which because even in Ballast as a whole, like they go to a a movie, and then he describes the movie in pretty vivid detail in one chapter. The thing is, is like. The chapter is like, this guy's had the person that made this movie has had the same visions I've had. Interesting. And so that's how they end up connecting with this other group of people that brings them to the kind of denouement. Of right. The whole story of like, what is real? What isn't real? Oh, shit. Someone else has had these exact communications with the supposed beam of light, the valise. Right, communicating to him like well and, and like think about the fact that in uh scanner darkly you have this whole idea of like the character in that completely loses his identity uh, yeah and that's like, not yeah. just not just the person he was but everything right the memories who he is all of that stuff and it's even more fucked up when you know that like this is a guy who had a family And whose daughter is now in charge of his multi-million dollar estate because all of these Hollywood people just want to keep making stuff out of his work. Right. When he's literally struggled to eat and feed his children and his wife left him because of it. I mean, like... Right. And he died never seeing any of the success
0: yeah, well, I mean, that's that seems to be the uh, hallmark of some of the most um, influential creators now. Like, for one, H.P. Lovecraft is another one like that. It yeah. is completely destitute. The only uh, circle he had were other writers who enjoyed what he had and helped spread, spread the mythos and created illusions in their work to his
1: stuff. And functionally, it was all the bad versions of his work. right that made him known so that people could make work that was much better right but inspired by his work instead of adaptations Does right you think about well like
0: ramsey campbell is one of my favorites like ramsey campbell has added his own set of gods to it he has a entire story which keeps dealing with like the waves and how they they move and the sound that it creates, and then adding that to the cosmic horror of the stars changing and you know, all that stuff. Um, on well, Hellboy, the, all the Hellboy yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, real quick, one of my favorite Ramsey Campbell things. It's a real quick short, but it's from what it was just one of those that ended up being so disturbing. More the more you think, it's like a fairy tale, yeah. It's more disturbing the more you think about it. The it's, more
1: you, the deeper you go, the more like, oh. The more cracked article you go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But it was about
0: um, this underpass where there was weird things happening and like this graffiti of a man down there. And you kind of end up realizing like this graffiti of a man is coming to life and molesting the girls that are going through the underpass. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That's just straight fucked up. It is. And it was just like. Oh, like, and it's it's detailing how, you know, it's not talking about that specifically, but it's talking about how the girls are affected after meeting the man and that are in, underneath the underpass. Yeah. And it's just like, holy fuck, like, this just gets darker the more you think about it. Yeah. Um, but overall, with the Electric Dreams, um, other than s- sometimes the effects are great, sometimes they are bad. Um, there's some weird contrivances with the technology.
1: Well, especially considering now these stories are 40 years old. Well, I mean, like,
0: the first one, the the idea is that there's, and a lot of it does have to do with identity, but, like, hey, there's a successful lesbian detective who is suffering from a tragedy, but still has hot lesbian sex all the time with her hot lover? Hey, and sometimes
1: you just gotta have some hot lesbian sex. Not even when joking. You're, when you're a hot lesbian detective, exactly. <laughs> um,
0: but she problematic. she's
1: problematic.
0: But she is given a um, a alternate life memory, very Total Recall esque, and um, where she becomes a African American. Head of a corporation that is building this technology, who is having, who's dealing with mobsters, who's you know, has a lot of negative stuff going on in their life, and they go. She flip flops, he flip flops between the two different timelines, not trying to figure out, trying to figure out which reality is real, but the contrivance is, is that whichever one ends up not being real, they're still to get out of that one, they still have to use a device to pull themselves into the real one so if they break that device in either one they it, can't get out right so that becomes their real tr- life like that's that's a weird contrivance like why would you create a thing that you can't get out
1: of yeah but at the same time that is the paranoia
0: right and so what if uh, you can't escape right and that's that there's there's several that like the one with the dad who becomes it's very much invasion of the body snatchers yeah. there's very much a moment where you said to go oh those are the pod people okay
1: cool yeah. like that's exactly well, what and, and that, that's the other thing i wouldn't say is like philip k dick for as influential as he was he was still playing the tropes oh yeah you know? and and i'm I'm not i'm not negating it at all i'm no, just saying no, no, no. that i'm just uh, saying like i don't don't expect him to don't expect these tv sh- this tv show to reinvent the wheel in oh, the no. same way that like those first couple episodes of black mirror you're like but i've never seen
0: sci-fi like this yeah <laughs> and that's that's some of the stuff the thing i like i mean and there are some positives to this um, uh, to like some happy endings but overall i would say um if you're going to watch one watch safety first yeah because that one like totally drills if only, down
1: If you're only mildly interested watch the best one basically right
0: because um I also really like the one with um, Brian Cranston in it. Um, he d- does a real good job of both playing um, Walter White and, you know, uh, I, I would I, I actually never watched Malcolm in the Middle, so but I would say well, hard-ass Walter White and soft Walter White, you know. Yeah, like he does a good. It's Brian Cranston. He's good at playing those. You know the two it's daikon Yeah, Bryan he's Brian Cranston. God damn it, <laughs> 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 motherfucker! You're goddamn right. Goddamn right, right I am. <laughs> so um, say
1: my name.
0: Ah Yes. Now, still, still the best um, scene on that one for me personally I I was
1: Christian Bale Batman.
0: You did almost. Now, my my favorite is still the. Uh, um when his wife is trying to leave him and is saying all the different plans yeah. and he's just going, okay, well that's not going to work because of this. Try again. It's not <laughs> going to work because of this. Try again. You know, just keep trying. <laughs> exactly. I, that, that's, uh, that might explain a lot about um, my former relationship with my <laughs> ex wife, but that, that was one of my favorite scenes just to see kind of like, okay, think out your plan doesn't work try this one
1: try another plan. try try, try another. again keep, keep going trying.
0: hey you find okay. you find one that works so we'll totally go with it but try again <laughs> so uh nathan where can people find you on the interwebs
1: uh you can find me on twitter at nate wad neutron, at nate wad neutron.
0: that is correct nathan yeah i uh <laughs> i had a moment I almost, I
1: almost did the thing that i do where i only say half of it because that's what it is on another platform have yeah. you tried going like changing
0: them both to be the same well i can't because
1: the at Nate one was already taken on twitter ah uh-huh. but at me one neutron was not right and that's what i am on reddit too but i hardly ever get on reddit really right i'm starting to try and get on it more but it's uh it's one of those. Th- it's just time. This is not. Well,
0: the the other problem with Reddit is that if you accidentally stray into the wrong subforum or subreddit, you you kind of get skewered. Uh, skewered. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that trying to post the Hellraiser thing on horror, and it wasn't a bad skewering. It was just like, hey, we we do enough without YouTube. We have enough discussion without YouTube spam. And it's like, well, it's not
1: YouTube spam. It's me trying to actually
0: talk to people. It's but
1: also, it's like, hey, hey, I actually made something and i i think it's actually kind of good and not shit yeah so maybe you should watch well, enough of it well, that's to right. decide that's... whether it's fucking spam or not before you
0: instead i got a immediate thumbs down on there and figured, and both on reddit and on um uh, youtube and i went i should probably delete this just to make sure well they should have a fucking
1: moderator who
0: right who if you post
1: any video content, it goes to the moderator first.
0: Right. Well, that's what happened with all the horror um, groups I posted on on uh, Facebook is that they have a very like you can't promote your own stuff unless it's on Monday or Friday. So I don't usually vote this. I was like, hey, I released this. Are you guys looking forward to this? And almost every single one approved it, which is a good thing. Yeah. So
1: that'll drive some views. A little bit. It's actually probably the one that I've seen get the most. views. I did see the. There was definitely someone who subscribed, who started going back through because I saw numbers going up. Nice, some of the. There, I think the total recall will one actually get like fifty five. No.
0: Yeah, I also did post that on the Reddit uh, video essays thing as original content. Uh-huh. The separate, the one that's actually active. Ah, uh, yeah. So
1: I, yeah, I posted on the dead one and did get apparently some clickthroughs. Right. So
0: see, there you go. Okay. Social media marketing—it sometimes works. <laughs> <It>
1: occasionally works. <laughs> uh, so, Justin, uh, have you prepared uh, to tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Even though they probably know. Oh, but uh, also make sure if you want to uh, support the channel on uh, and the podcast, please go to uh, Patreon.com/slash.
0: Justin D. Heard.
1: Yep. And uh, feel free to support content, and also possibly if you want to influence future content, uh, please become a patron if you so choose. Uh, so, Justin, where can they find you on the internet?
0: You can find me at Justin D Heard. Yeah, that's it. Just type it into your, <laughs> uh, type it into your Google machine, uh, Justin D Heard net, and on Twitter at Justin D Heard. So, uh, right now my username is Justin's Dubious Conception,
1: and uh, my uh not username but my tag name is bars von trier on twitter because I got jokes.
0: Ah uh, see got all the jokes. It's actually like
1: I had treated it to something else for Halloween and whatever and I was like, no I like Bars von Trier too much what, once Halloween was over.
0: One of my favorites is uh what's so great about that, her name is Grace. So she ended up changing her username to What's So Grace
1: That's good. Yeah.
0: I I liked it. So, uh, Nathan, do you have a final thought for us?
1: Uh, Why did you do
0: that? And we're back. Oh, fuck you. (laughs)